All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, it got a lot of play. It shocked a lot of people. Um, you know, Democrats that you go, go back to 2000, they questioned the legitimacy of George Bush's presidency. They questioned the legitimacy of Donald Trump in 2016. And then we went forward with this whole narrative lie, collusion, conspiracy theory hoax that was, that, that was seemingly endless for years and years. Uh, Stacey Abrams still thinks she was elected governor of Georgia in 2018. And, and she's a darling of all things democratic, leftist, socialist in this country. Uh, but Biden, on the one hand, he contradicts himself. He's saying, oh, we, we had more people show up than ever before this election, that all these people voted. Well, then why do we need any new election reform? Why do you want to get rid of voter ID? Uh, why are some city states like New York City allowing illegal immigrants to vote in some elections? Um, why is it that you don't want signature verification, chain of custody controls, updated voter rolls? Uh, why not a law saying if you're not here legally, you can't legally vote? Why don't you want partisan observers watching the vote count, people from every party up close, start to finish, so they can see that nothing shady's going on? So we have integrity in our election process and confidence in the results. Anyway, here's Biden uh, basically questioning the legitimacy of the next election, saying it depends on voting rights. I wanted to clarify, a moment ago you were asked whether or not you believed that we would have free and fair elections in 2022 if some of these state legislatures reformed their voting protocols. You said that it depends. Uh, do you do you think that they would in any way be illegitimate? Oh, yeah, I think it easily can be, be illegitimate. In, in regards to 2022, sir, the midterm Oh, 2022. I mean, uh, imagine if those uh, attempts to say that uh, the count was not legit. You have to recount it, and we're not going to count. We're going to discard the following votes. I mean, sure, it, 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 I'm not saying it's going to be legit. It's the increase in the prospect of being illegitimate is in direct proportion to us not being able to get these these reforms passed. But I don't think you're going to see, you're not going to see me, and I don't think you're going to see the Democratic Party give up on can go, coming back at assuming that the attempt fails today. This guy struggles more than anybody I've ever seen in politics, just getting a, a single sentence out. Then he gets angry when a reporter rightly questioned him about his comparisons to Bull Connor, George Wallace, etc. But ironically, this is a guy that partnered with a former Klansman to stop the integration of public schools because Joe Biden, Joey, didn't want those schools to become racial jungles. His words straight ahead. I know that you dispute the characterization that you called folks who would oppose those voting bills um, as being Bull Connor or George Wallace. But you said that they would be sort of in the, the same camp. No, uh, I didn't say that. Look what I said. Go back and read what I said and tell me. If you think I called anyone who voted on the side of the position taken by Bull Connor, that they were Bull Connor. And that is an interesting reading of English. You, you, I assume you got into, into journalism because you like to write. All right. We invite for reaction Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. 
Congressman James Comer of Kentucky, not only to discuss this failed attempt at at getting rid of a 200 whatever year long filibuster uh, rule in the Senate, uh, but also trying to pass a voting rights bill that would, you know, be anything but fair and free in terms of elections. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, your reaction? Well, I mean, the, the, the whole the whole press conference was just sad. I mean, you, you know, uh, you said this well last night, Sean, I caught your, your, your monologue last night where you talked about the, it's a sad state for the greatest country in history to have the commander-in-chief speak like that because our adversaries see the same thing the American people see. And, you know, I always point out that this is not just bad for the American people. When, when, uh, when America leads and projects confidence from the Oval Office, uh, the world's a safer and better place, and right now we're not in that place because of what we see coming from uh, the, the president of the United States. So, and specific to elections, I mean, there was the reporter's question, Sean: Will the midterm elections be fair and legitimate if the voting bill that they wanted to pass yesterday, if that doesn't pass? And Joe Biden says it depends. Imagine, imagine President Trump saying that. What the mainstream press would have done? I mean, the, this comes from the same. The guy who's the leader of the party, who has closed the Capitol, allowed proxy voting, kicked Republicans off committee, won't let Republicans serve on select committee, trying to end the filibuster, trying to end the Electoral College, trying to end, uh, uh, trying to pack the court. I mean, and on and on, and, and yet they, they, they somehow accuse Republicans and President Trump of trying to undermine democracy. Give me a break. It, it is so obvious how wrong they are, and the American people, I think, see it for, for exactly what it is. Yeah, I think so, too. Congressman Comer? Uh, Jim's always right on this, and uh, this is a ploy by Joe Biden to try to fire up his base. Uh, to, to insinuate that voter ID is racist is just pandering to, to people, and quite frankly, they should be offended by that. We had record turnouts in the last elections. Uh, we're the model for democracy, and he's trying to create a problem that doesn't exist to try, in my opinion, to pivot from all of his other failures. You know, I can't name a single thing that he's done well, but Joe spent a lot of time patting himself on the back as the greatest president in the modern era. Uh, and I'm I'm trying hard to find out he failed on COVID. He failed on the borders. He, he's failed on energy and inflation and the economy. I basically gave Putin a not only a license to make a lot of money and get wealthy again and, and make Russia rich again with the Nord Stream 2 uh, waiver. Uh, while simultaneously canceling our own Keystone XL pipeline. Uh, but he basically gave him, you know, a, a waiver to go into Ukraine last night and shock yeah. the world. Uh, I doubt he'd stand up to China when they follow through on their territorial ambitions with Taiwan. Uh, and I doubt he's going to stand up to the mullahs in Iran either. So if I yeah. can't point to a single thing or item of success, um, I guess that explains a 33 percent approval rating. Jim Jordan. <laughs> You know, no, there's a reason he's at 33% approval. It's because, as you just said, the outline, Sean, he, they haven't done one thing right. Think of the, I, I talked about this the other day. Think about the message they are sending to families in urban areas. They're saying, we're not going to let your kids, this is the left, this is the Democrat Party that he leads. We're not going to let your kids go to school. We're going to let bad guys roam the streets. We're going to let non-citizens vote. And, oh, by the way, everything you need to purchase to for your family is going to cost and is costing more such a deal like frankly when he when he said in the conference well in his press conference what are republicans for i'll tell you what i'm for i'm for, i'm for, i'm against all that i'm for kids being able to go to school i'm for safe streets i'm for not letting citizens vote i'm for actually ending this 40-year high inflation that's what i'm for so yeah they haven't done anything right and frankly i'm surprised i want to know who these 33 percent are 
Who is that? Who is this? One third of our population actually think that, that this guy's done a good job, for goodness sake. That's how bad it is and why I think come November, I think it's going to be a big change coming when it, when, when it comes to the midterm elections. Let me ask you both. Both of you now um, have released excerpts of emails that reveal that Dr. Fauci, as the director of the NIH, knew that COVID-19 was intentionally modified. In other words, gain of function research and leak from this Wuhan Institute of Virology. And both of you have called for if the Republicans get back the majority, you have promised and pledged that you will have hearings on this. Uh, it appears then also, Jim, uh, Jim Jordan, I'll start with you that Dr. Fauci lied to Rand Paul and and lied to other people under oath in front of Congress, which my understanding is could carry up to a five-year jail sentence. Boy, here's the story, and as simple as I can say it, Dr. Fauci knew from the get-go this thing likely came from a lab, and it was gain-of-function research being done in that lab in China. He covered it up, and the people who helped him cover it up got an $8.9 million grant when it was all done. So that all happened in a matter of four months. And he knows from Jan- on January 30, two years ago, January 31st, 2020, he gets an email that says, virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. The next day, on a conference call, on that call, the notes and emails from that conference call that Fauci organizes to begin to cover his backside. One of the doctors on that call, Dr. Gary, says, I don't know how this can happen in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. Those two individuals, Dr. Anderson sent the initial email, the one the next day from Dr. Gary, they changed their position 180 degrees. They help author a, a piece that goes into publication, Nature Magazine, and then that piece becomes cited in the now famous Letter to the Lancet that became the gospel that this thing supposedly didn't come from a lab. So they switch it all in a 180 degree turn and say, no, it didn't come from a lab. They get rewarded in May of 2020. Dr. Gary, Dr. Anderson, the guys who initially said it came from a lab and changed their position, get rewarded with an $8.9 million grant that Fauci gives them. That is disgusting. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a good reason for all that, but everything Jamie and I have seen shows that that is wow. exactly what took place. That is, that is why Jamie, as head of the Oversight Committee, is going to be doing the investigations that need to be done on Fauci and how this whole thing started. All right, we continue now our discussion with Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio, Congressman James Comer of Kentucky. James Comer, give us more details, because this is outright lying to the American people. And and we're now basically learning that what we we, the taxpayers funded this virus that is now taking nearly a million American lives and put us all through hell and back. That's right. And what we've proven is, uh, even though Dr. Fauci denied using taxpayer dollars in the very beginning to fund gain-of-function research, we proved that that was false. We also proved, as Jim stated, that uh, he was advised in early February that, of 2020 that this was a probable lab leak and that this appeared to be man-made. Now, the question is, why did he cover it up? Why then, a few months later, did Dr. Collins send an email to Dr. Fauci saying, is there any way we can put this lab leak rumor down? They were trying to spin the the, the debate, spin the reporting on this issue. Why were they so afraid that it would get out that this was a lab leak? That's the question, and that's where we're going to continue to investigate. We're going to continue to probe. Uh, Jim and I called on Dr. Fauci to come before the House of Representatives and testify under oath. We've implied a lot of bad things about Dr. Fauci here. If I were Dr. Fauci, 
I would want to defend myself. But for whatever reason, he continues to uh, hide and continues to not work with us on trying to determine the origination of COVID-19. And the more that comes out, the worse it looks for Dr. Fauci. I mean, I just can't believe it. And and now that we know that it's true, Jim Jordan, he's been wrong on everything. He said in March sure of 2020, ma- masks don't do a thing. Masks aren't going to help. He said, if you get the vaccine, you're never going to get COVID. He said that, too. That didn't turn out to be uh, work out so well, did it? Now we have yeah. put people, vax or mask, or then max and va- vax and mask, then vax and mask and booster. And even if you have natural immunity, everybody in every category is still getting COVID-19. They're all testing yeah. positive. So their yeah. vaccination, once one size fits all, quote, science, uh, hasn't particularly worked out well. No, it sure hasn't. Like you said, Sean, everything they told us has turned out to not be accurate. I mean, Joe Biden said he had a plan. Uh, Joe Biden said we never impose mandates on the American people. Well, they did, and so much so that they had to go to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said you're wrong. I mean, as you, as you point out, they said it didn't come from a lab. It wasn't gain of function. They told us the vaccines can't get it. The vaccinated can't transmit it. They told us there's no such thing as natural immunity, and, they, and, and those are just seven lies. So, you know, that, that doesn't even get into all the things they changed at CDC because the teachers union told them to change it regarding schools. And we could just keep going. So when, when, you, when you do that, when 15 days to slow the spread turns into 670 days to, to stop something, I mean, when that, no one believes anything Fauci and, and his team at CDC and NIH and everything. No one believes what they say anymore. And that is, that is a sad state of affairs for, for our great country, but it's because they've been wrong on everything they've told us. Yeah, agree. Um, when do you think you're going to be able to get to the bottom of this, Congressman Jim Comer? Well, we're still probing. We still requested information. We're using every tool in our toolbox to try to get more information. We had to use a new technique called the seven-member rule to be able to get in to transcribe those emails that uh, you, we've been talking about with the communication early on in early February between Dr. Fauci's advisors and Dr. Fauci, uh, kind of pre-COVID area there where he was clearly covering up the lab leak theory and clearly covering up the, the probability that it was man-made. So what we what we did, they, they sent us the emails, Sean, and they were redacted. So we went in there with the seven-member rule, uh, got some more, requested some more information. They let us have an employee to go in there and transcribe those emails. So we're, we're doing everything we can. They're making it as hard as possible. They're stalling, but we're not going to let up, and we're going to try to get to the truth for the American people because everybody deserves the truth, and everybody wants to know the truth. Even, even liberal Democrats want to know the origination of COVID-19. Everybody has turned on Dr. Fauci. They see that, you know, he's just not been telling the truth. And the question I have is why? Why is he defending China? You know, we weren't. And why is Joe Biden defending Dr. Fauci? We didn't accuse Joe Biden of manufacturing COVID-19. We accused China. But why is Joe Biden uh, refusing to do anything to try to hold China accountable, to try to get to the bottom of COVID-19? These are questions that we're going to continue to try to uh, determine answers for. All right, Congressman James Comer, thank you. Congressman Jim Jordan, we always appreciate you being with us. Uh, 800-941-SHAWN is on number. If you want to be a part of the program, we'll hit the phones for the final half hour of the show today. Quick break, right back.
them accountable. Sean gets the answers no one else does. America deserves to know the truth about Congress. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, uh, Linda, you're really, I think you got traumatized yesterday. I'm just looking at you. I've been traumatized since this guy stepped into the Oval Office. What's that? I've been traumatized since this guy stepped into the Oval Office, to be honest. Yeah. Well, so yesterday was just, you know, insult to injury. What was Live Free or Die America and the World on the Brink all about? You were part of that book tour. You, you, You set up, we had to do it virtually i mean i'd never done anything like that before but it worked out okay it was great actually i thought it was really cool but what was the message the message was you know america and the world on the brink this is the on the brink part that i was trying to warn everybody about and as bad and as dire as my predictions were in the book just laying out what they said they were going to do you know now they're doing everything they they said they do they are who they are i have to say that book, you know, you kept saying America on the world on the brink and it's a turning point and everybody needs to be invested and engaged. And I think there were a tremendous amount of people that were, if we're being very honest. I also think that Democrats as a rule, and, and I give them a major hat tip here, they are far more organized. They have more funding. They allocate their funding better. They, they really do. They have a movement they know how to do it properly, to put money in that shouldn't go to certain places, cover it up on the back end, make everything look like it's on the up, and nobody blinks an eye, and things just happen. And they bury things. You know, they make these grandiose gestures about voting rights. And I don't know if you noticed this yesterday. I've been talking about this all day today with a lot of friends. And I said, you know, the one thing that Biden said yesterday that pissed me off more than anything else was that we are keeping people from voting, that this is some sort of racist effort on the part of the GOP, which is an incredibly diverse party. And they he made the comment directly following saying, we had the largest turnout of voters for my election that put me in this office. So directly following, millions and millions of people turned out to vote for me with we have to make sure that there is a fair and unfettered access for people to get out to vote. I'm like, well, which is it? You can't have it both ways. The millions and millions of people get out and vote for you fairly and freely, or is it blocked and horrible because you think now that you've been in there and the 2022 midterms are around the corner and people now know that you're full of it and everybody that works for you is full of it, or they just don't know anything. Either way, it's terrible. And you're all going to go. Well, I mean... I think it's pretty obvious the country now is in a in a very difficult spot. It's I, I want to see the polls next week and, and where they go with this. My my expectation is you'll have a couple of liberal polls that will show, oh, he got a little bounce from his press conference, which is total P.S. Nobody's going to get a bounce from that press conference. It was a train wreck. And and then the how real could we polls, get a bounce? The man was leaning on the podium. Uh, listen, he couldn't and then, even stand up. You know what this is all characteristic between the anger, the flashes of anger that we see from him or or these moments. um, Quiet, says nothing, deep thought, gets confused. Often, you know, he can't keep his focus on anything for very long. It kind of reminds me of the Zeleny moment, you know, when mm -hmm. Zeleny asked Obama what enchanted you, you know, all these bizarre questions. You need to get Trump up there. And, you know, they want to ask him, you know, could you, uh, you know, go through and give us the executive summary of war and peace? I mean, it's just ridiculous. 
Um, it's in a sense, I think it opened people's eyes. Uh, Chris in uh, Colorado. Chris, you're on the Sean Hannity show. What's going on? Hi, Sean. I oh Lord, the press conference yesterday. What a joke. What amazes me is that I would hear these media people afterwards so excited that he didn't make a fool out of himself. He lasted for two hours. And I'm thinking that's the leader of the free world, and that's what they're excited about. God um, help us all. Even look, even even the fake news networks can't defend this. And no. I didn't watch it, but I have friends that did. And I was getting, you know, sweet baby James was keep me up to speed with people what they're saying about it. And and basically, even they acknowledge this was a train wreck, a disaster. The the problem we now have is all of them are complicit because they all of the evidence was there about his radicalism in yeah. twenty twenty. All of yeah. all of the evidence in, of his cognitive decline was was there for anybody yeah. that had eyes to see when yeah. he was hiding in his basement bunker. But the media facilitated that, and you have yeah. people well, aiding it, and abetting it. Vote against Trump, you know, basically is what it boiled down to, which was a joke. Okay, that's what they turned it in. No. Tried to turn it into. Yeah. But I will it's tell that. you, you know, th- there are people. Th- there's culpability here, and there are people. And you can figure out who some are, and you have to wonder who others are. But there's no doubt that anybody that spends any time with Joe Biden knows pretty quickly that this guy is not doing well. And yet they continue to, you know, prop him up, you know, prep him for four days and send him out there. And it's like weekend at Bernie's. It's a disaster. He's never going to have a good press conference. We won't see one for another hundred days if we do at all. Um, he's going to get out there and he'll read a speech, you know, that's 20 minutes long with a crowd of 300 people in the lead up to the midterm elections. But I'll tell you one thing. He he said he needs to get out there more among the people. Uh, anytime he does go out there, nobody shows up because nobody he doesn't inspire confidence in anybody. So there they, they're oftentimes are more Trump supporters on the route that his motorcade takes to the event that he's going to than actually show up at his events. Nobody want, and no politician wants to be associated with him or near him because he's toxic. You know, Stacey Abrams didn't show up because she was busy. She didn't show up because she didn't want to be seen with him. Uh, anyway, good call. Appreciate you uh, being with us, Chris. Uh, Larry is in Connecticut. Larry, how are you? Glad you called, sir. Hey, Sean. Uh, thanks for taking my call, and uh, thanks again for being a stand-up guy and supporting the constitution and freedom. Um, so thank you, my friend to the, you bet. Um, the press conference yesterday, I'm ecstatic. I'm elated that they allowed this knucklehead to stand mm-hmm. on the podium for two hours, expose himself and let the Democrats that voted for him. This is an opportunity for them. They made a mistake to wake up and try to bring this country back where it should be. And all his policies, you, you talk about it on your show. Um, they defy logic and common sense. You know, nobody wants to pay 50% uh, 50 more for a gallon of gas. Everything he's done has been destructive. How can you support that? Um, But the two areas that, you know, taking this press conference, the Republican Party need to take the gloves off and leverage this to the hill, because you're right, you just said it, he'll probably never do a press conference again. They made a forced error mistake yesterday that is now in the hands of the Republicans to take advantage of this and wipe these guys out in the midterm elections and take back the presidency uh, in 2024. 
So and it's got to I'll think, add to your what you're saying here. They've got to do it the right way. You know, never underestimate a Republican Party, uh, their ability to mess something up. This is an opportunity, but they better have learned one thing from Donald Trump. Maybe maybe stylistically they're offended at his tweeting, which never bothered me much. And I think a lot of people were feigning outrage over his tweeting and the things he said, etc. Um, I don't think anything's at on an international stage yesterday, but Republicans... They need to learn from Trump this lesson, and that is you must lay out a, a, a list of things that you are promising to do, and then you work your ass off as a public servant to fulfill the promises that you make to the people that you're asking to put you in that office. And then you follow through and you fight and you don't compromise. You don't get caught up in the swamp, the sewer of D.C., you don't allow them to pressure you. You don't allow them uh, to allow you to compromise your principles. And your number one job is to serve the people that put you in office. And the, the things that are important are so simple. And I say them all the time. And you could probably say it with me, Larry, right? What do conservatives believe? We believe in freedom, liberty, capitalism, our Constitution, lower taxes, limited government bureaucracy so you don't you don't put a stranglehold on business we believe in law and order so people can be safe and secure in their pursuit of happiness we believe the school system has been destroyed by this unholy alliance with democrats and the teachers unions it's time for school choice we believe in secure borders and legal immigration go back to the trump policies we believe in energy independence it's the lifeblood of the world's economy we believe in free and fair trade, peace through strength. We believe in constitutionalists on the bench, not people that disrespect uh, co-equal branches of government and want to legislate from the bench. Um, we believe in the First Amendment and the Second Amendment and every amendment. And that's the point. You know, uh, we, we believe in our Constitution. It's not complicated. Joe kept challenging. What do they stand for? I just gave a pretty comprehensive list, Larry. Anything you want to add to it? Uh, yeah, Sean, thank you. Um, the two areas that, and you mentioned, you know, the education uh, world. Um, these are the inter the education, um, you know, uh, area from kindergarten through college um, in the media. These are the two areas that Republicans need to focus on. How do we reverse the mindset and change this thought process, the lies? the misinformation campaigns. This is unbelievable. Um, K through um, kindergarten, middle school, high school, these kids are being poisoned. And then they come out and it's up to the parents to, re you know, reverse this uh, like crazy thought process. Where did you hear that? It doesn't work that way. You know, uh, you cut off the Keystone pipeline, you cut your throat. Uh, we've got to go buy gasoline um, from enemies. Price is going to go up. That's the effect. And um, the cause and effect you know, uh, has to be discussed. The media, I just don't understand. I mean, these media folks make good money. They pay for gas. They go to the grocery store. How can they stand there in front of a microphone and support these policies and, and protect this guy and protect the Democrats? Listen, um, I, I, I could afford it, but it annoys the hell out of me. I, you know, I still crazy. think like the, the kid that could barely pay his rent went as a young adult. I really do. And yes, they do see it, but yet somehow they don't want to report on it. I mean, do they really if we really care about the poor in the middle class 
and in this country. How do you not look at a study as comprehensive uh, by Penn Wharton and the average American household paying $5,000 in Biden's inflation tax, knowing it disproportionately hurts lower and middle income people and not stand up for them? Because you know what? It's not a matter of the most people that I know that grew up like me. I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. My, my mom's a prison guard. My dad's a waiter and a, and a probation officer, you know, so and, and they worked and I had a work ethic. Most people I know don't want free stuff. They want opportunity and an opportunity to get ahead if they do the right things. And that's that is what life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness is about. But. You know, you can't have it if you don't have law and order and you can't have it if you're not safe and secure. And uh, you can't have it if, you, you know, you're being told that we're going to take from this group of people and give it to you because uh, we're going to reconfigure uh, uh, what works economically, what has worked in economically in this country for hundreds of years. And that is the idea that people living free, finding their God given talent and finding ways to produce goods and services that others want, need, and desire, and and make a good living while providing those services and, and providing those goods. That's freedom. Freedom is, you know, it, it, it is what we have is precious and rare. It is not. It, it, others around the world do not have what we have. In my life, I have met so many people that have lived under some type of tyranny. And in each case, without exception, they they are grateful for what America provides them in terms of opportunity. They're not looking for anything, but they like the opportunity. And they also recognize that many Americans, having grown up with this opportunity, don't understand completely how rare it is and what a gift it is for them. And that is why we need to fight to protect and preserve and defend this liberty, this freedom, this capitalism, this Constitution, so that future generations, you know, will stand on our shoulders as we stand on the shoulders of our parents and grandparents and great grandparents in this country. Because without their sacrifice, in my case, I would be I I wouldn't have a shot at anything. And I give them all the credit. Kennedy tonight, 9 Eastern on Fox News. All right, we'll be joined by former President Trump reacting to Biden's disastrous press conference. Reince Priebus, Scott Brown, Congressman Kevin McCarthy, and much more. Exclusive reaction to Joe Biden's disaster. President Trump tonight at 9. We'll see you then. Back here tomorrow. You make this show possible, and we never forget it.